Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources, Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, former Fox News host Kimberly, Kimberly Guilfoyle, refers to him by the pet name Junior Mint because, you see, he's disgusting. <laughs> wow. Hey, That's hey, not hey, cool. F you. That's not cool. F you for a number of reasons. Number one, being bitterly partisan all the time. Number two, for insulting that delicious candy. Yeah. I love Junior Mints. Oh, everybody great. loves Junior Mints. I should never eat one again in my life. No, but certainly not. They're dang good. Um, so they their nicknames. That's my go-to candy in movie theaters for uh, uh, quite a while. Gavin Newsom's ex-wife is dating Eric Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Right. Eric, there's no Eric Trump Jr. No, there isn't. Um, You're babbling like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Donald Trump Jr. And... She calls him Junior Mint because they're in love. And he, he, God, I've been in love a number of times, and mm. I never had a, a like an embarrassing nickname. Really, I've never had oh, one. I nothing have, embarrassing. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, nothing, nothing embarrassing. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, mortifying. Really? Oh yeah. Do you absolutely. want to tell us? No, no. Okay. Especially not you. So you want to write it down, and I'll tell everybody. <laughs> oh boy. So Junior Mint, and he calls her what? Pooh Bear. Oh boy. All right. 
Um, so this is from Florida. Of course it is. It's a uh, city council meeting, I guess. It's the mayor speaking to the city commissioner. So you don't know what my tax return says, do you? Did you look at my Form 1 form? Why don't you put in a public records request or just go online because it's online and see how much or see where my earned income came from last year. Was it getting my sphincter bleached? Is that what I earn my income for? Probably. Oh, okay. Now that would be you and your family business. Congratulations. Sphincter bleaching is a very up-and-coming business. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, I need to check carefully. Yep, I've now heard everything. Yep. <laughs> that is a thing. That was the final box. That is a thing. I actually know a person. Who what? Receiving or giving? Has done. Has had that done. Great Scott. You used to get that. I don't know if they still get it done, but they used to get it done. Wow. I stopped a while ago. I, I don't even want to get into it. You know, I, I don't want to get into it. I, I'm aware of what it is and why it exists. And that's, this was the what and why. There was rather an hilarious reference to it once on The Family Guy. Oh, um, really? <laughs> yes. I know you'll have to tell me during yes. the commercials about that. Yes, exactly. But so that's I don't that's understand. when that will happen. So what was he trying to say? Well, she evidently was questioning uh, you know, where his money comes from and whether he was a man of honor. And he decided the time was ripe to... To, to out her as a sphincter bleacher. <laughs> but be, because they run a, a spa and that's among the things they may do, I mean, does that make you w- w- not a legitimate anything? Or I don't quite get it as an insult. It's odd. <laughs> I get it as an insult. It's hilarious. The spa sells skin bleaching creams. Certainly. Uh, she's, uh, she said this has uh, been was very degrading. She also said it's been an extremely difficult 24 hours. One spent without sleep, as I know this type of behavior is an epidemic in Hallandale. Calling That's people the, out for their... The town in Florida. The fact that I had to endure this humiliation tactic in front of a silent room full of at least 60 people. You haven't had any sleep in 24 hours because of that? Jeez, toughen up. Well, and to impugn the entire field of anus beautification. I mean, it's just it's just rude. While we're on the subject of sphincters, yours is too tight. Lighten up a little bit. <laughs> wow. Wow. If Do you I want to hear might. that clip again? Because it's kind of subtle. With, with every fiber of me, I do, yes. So you don't know what my tax return says, do you? Did you look at my Form 1 form? Why don't you put in a public records request, or just go online, because it's online, and see how much, or see where my earned income came from last year. Was it getting my sphincter bleached? Is that what I what? earned my income for? Why would someone pay oh, you for okay. that? Now, that would be you. And your family business. Congratulations. Sphincter bleaching is a very up-and-coming business. What a weird shot. Either you're cheating so on your taxes. poorly tax. done. You're either cheating on your taxes or you're not. The fact that her business includes that, perhaps, what's that got to do with anything? I don't know. It's worth bringing up. Well, just, let me ask you this just question. Just to be thorough. Are we talking about his taxes right now? <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> wow. We're talking wow. about the hue Various people's anuses. <laughs> Political analyst Sean there with a oh, it's a classic deflection. <laughs> oh if God. I might Florida. elevate Florida. Yeah, no kidding. America's infected appendix. Florida needs a bleaching if you hear where I'm going. I want huh? <laughs> Don't go there. So again, this is Andrew Roberts, the Storm of War, New History of the Second World War. 
The Great Depression had taken a physical toll on American manhood, even though the Army would accept just about anyone sane over five feet tall and 105 pounds in weight. I mean, if you're five foot one and 105 pounds, you're a tiny little fella. You're slight. Right. Now, granted, there's also the question of desperation as, you know, freedom and democracy was at stake, but possessing 12 or more of his own teeth... So right. you absolutely, you actually had to open your mush and have them count. I just like to know what the standard is for what they think you could uh, continue to eat properly. So I need to keep right. twelve of my teeth. You'd have to be able to take in nourishment. It's my goal from here on out to make sure I hang on to at least a dozen. Here's a tip: What if they're all on top? Don't don't be acting all casual and cool when you get down to say eighteen, nineteen. I think I got plenty of so teeth. Before left. you know it, you're at thirteen. Suddenly, you're as stressed out as that poor lady. One fist with the, fight with the hiney bleach in the business, not not being able to sleep at night. Well, that's right. One fist fight, you're doomed. Uh, you also must be free of flat feet, yeah. venereal disease, and hernias. And at least forty percent of American men failed those basic criteria. And at I the would, close of the Great Depression, I would like to know how many, which, which, you know, was that mostly because of flat feet, uh, venereal disease, hernias, uh, underweight, under height, et cetera. Yeah, what percentage um, were which? But, yeah. but it was ill health in general. Ill health. You would think that uh, it'd be a pretty small percentage of people that couldn't meet that standard. Yeah. And this was based on the other day um, came out from the CDC. We've gained a lot of weight just in the last few years, just in the last a decade or so. Uh, the average man is almost 200 pounds now, and the average woman is one uh, almost 170. Average. And then listen. Crying for justice is legitimate, and you should do it. You should demand justice, etc. I'm not saying don't, but people who just whine a lot and complain a lot about their lives or what they have or, or the state of the country or don't whatever. Don't go too light. I'm looking for something in a mocha. <laughs> <sighs> Excellent callback. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> this is from, I believe, a description of the uh, the siege of Leningrad. On 20th of November, frontline troops got 500 grams of bread per day. Factory workers received 250. Everybody else got 125. That is two slices of bread. That was the entirety of your food for a day. Two slices of bread. Twigs were collected and stewed. Peat shavings, cottonseed cake, bone meal was pressed into use. Pine sawdust was processed and added to the bread. Moldy grain was dredged from sunken barges and scraped out of the holds of ships. Soon Leningrad bread was containing 10% cottonseed cake that had been processed to remove poisons. Household pets, shoe leather, fur bark, and insects were consumed, as was wallpaper paste, which was reputed to be made with potato flour. Guinea pigs, white mice, and rabbits were saved from vivisection in the city's laboratories for a more immediately practical fate. Um, Today it is so simple to die, wrote one resident. You just begin to lose interest, then you lie in your bed and never get up again. Yet some people were willing to go to any length in order to survive. 226 people were arrested for cannibalism during the siege. Human meat is being sold in markets, while in the cemeteries, bodies pile up like carcasses without coffins. What's your point here? Don't battle the Nazis? (laughs) No. My point is that you really ought to have some grasp of history to know what you have, what we have, where we are as a country. I'm not eating and lab rats. Andrew Cuomo, that idiot, idiot mayor of New York, insufferable oh, I see punk that. Okay. weasel. Now you've tied it together. America on. was never great. You need to know 
how we got here. Yes. So the founding fathers, you know, slavery. Have you ever read any of the impassioned speeches against slavery? Have you ever read any of the founding fathers who were slaveholders saying this is clearly wrong and we have to end it? We just don't know how. We can't keep the country together. How are we going to solve this? The people were sick with worry over it. Yeah, they were sinners by today's standards. You people, you're ignorant. Nice job of tying the threads together in one tidy balloon knot. The the nation will not be bleached of its sins, and yet we must recognize the beauty we still have. True. Here at Sarasota Bleaching Spa. Playing uh, Aretha Franklin all morning long as she has passed. A lot of good Aretha music out there. Um, cost of child care across the United States. Maybe they'll hit you with those numbers, how it varies from place to place. Boy, a lot. You know what? I don't think enough people realize how much it matters where you live as to what things cost. Sure. If you haven't moved around much. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. <laughs> song that ever existed, and I hadn't heard this one from Aretha Franklin. I think if Aretha had ever recovered one of my songs, I might just jump off a bridge and die happy. I'd have been a good way to make Amazing. a living, writing songs and then trying to convince Aretha Franklin to sing them. Yeah. Anyway, she uh, she died, so we're playing Aretha Franklin music, and we're saying, do a deep dive. Do this. Do the stuff from the 60s, all right? And with all due respect, not free very love from the 80s or, <sighs> or anything recent. Right. Her, I keep seeing the clip of her singing at Obama's inauguration or something. That's fine. But she, she was well past her prime at that yeah, point. Exactly. Uh, find out why the, every news station stopped when she died today by going to the stuff in the 60s. Yeah. Yep. Listen to what made her a legend. Um, so I think this is kind of interesting. Elizabeth Warren yesterday dropped her uh, her bill. She introduced a bill, the Accountable Capitalism Act. That is really all about signaling the direction she's going to go for trying to get the 2020 nomination to run against uh, Donald Trump. She's certainly in that top tier of people. I still think it's going to be one of those, like happens a lot of times, a name nobody's mentioning right now comes out and gets the nomination. That happens more often than not. Um, we dis- mm. we discussed the various people. Will it be Jeb or is there a chance Marco Rubio? And nobody right. was talking about Donald Trump. And and generally, when it's the obvious candidate that was predictable, Hillary, Bob Dole, there are others. They end up failing. They lose. Yeah, yeah, that does happen a lot. Mm-hmm. John McCain's turn, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, that's another good example. I mean, no, nobody saw Barack Obama coming. Nobody thought he'd run. He can't run. He just got into the <laughs> Senate, right? Uh, but it's never accomplished anything. And he made the right choice, by the way, of, of, of one of the reasons he got elected is, is Barack Obama was the sort of guy, you said when you were elected you wouldn't run for president. And he'd say, I changed my mind. Right. Okay. 
which is a perfectly good th- reason to do it. A postmodern approach that yeah. has led us to the uh, the uh, further innovations of Donald J. Trump. And if he had waited, I don't know if this is true, but if he had waited another cycle, his time might have passed. He'd have had enough stuff out there and, you know, legislation here or whatever. It might, it might, his time might have passed. Could be. He wouldn't have been the completely undinged. You could put all your hopes into him because you don't know exactly what he is. Hopey, changey thing. Um, uh, and that happened to Chris Christie. His time was the cycle before last when he was hot and nobody knew that much about him, but he sure sounded good and he's on my side. That's when you really catch fire. Right. You sound good and you're on my side. I don't know much about you. That's when you get the nomination. Well analyzed. And uh, after he'd been around and everybody really had a good hard look at him, he wasn't as hot. I think that might have happened to Elizabeth Warren. I heard a political pundit say she is the Democrats' Chris Christie. She was hottest last time around when, well, nobody knew that much about her, and she is on my side, and she sounds good. Well, I can't stand her politics, but I'm willing to smoke the peace pipe and listen to what you have to say. What I think is interesting is she has clearly decided that the whole anti-capitalism tagged with the socialist thing is not going to work in a general election. Probably can't get you the nomination, certainly can't win you the presidency. So she's come out with this Accountable Capitalism Act, which she says is all about um, fixing capitalism. Capitalism is fine. It just needs to be fixed to help the working class and that sort of thing. Oh, boy. And uh, to take on the fixes in to take on the Bernie's of the world and the whole crowd that is Che Guevara. Yeah. Oh, I you know, I'm of two minds about this. Um, There's political analysis. Because as a strategy, I immediately think, hmm, that's an interesting middle road. That could work. Um, as as an American, somebody who studied history and economics and the rest of it, this is nightmarish to me. But as a strategy, it is intriguing. I tell you what, why don't we let you handle the politics and I'll speak the truth? Um. Well, I'll give you more details on what that actually means. It would redistribute trillions of dollars from rich executives and shareholders to the middle class without costing a dime, according to her plan. <laughs> um, these plans don't have to add up. See everybody that's ever gotten elected. Right. <laughs> I remember in Stephanopoulos' book, I thought it was really interesting, because he, uh, he ran the campaign getting Bill Clinton elected, and he, uh, he writes in the book uh, how after they won... Um, they were all having the party, and he was thinking to himself, how are we going to keep any of these campaign promises? I mean, they don't fit together. Promising this to that group and this to that group, the numbers don't add up. So how are we going to make any of these things happen? Yeah. They know that what they're saying when they're running isn't isn't feasible. Right. Yet they do it anyway. It's just the nature of politics. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there uh, and this could be temporary, certainly. Um, it will be temporary, certainly. But uh, there's been a mind-boggling growth in the uh, federal deficit. Uh, Elizabeth uh, this year, yeah. um, uh, you know, yeah. for instance. Elizabeth Warren writes in the Wall Street Journal explaining what this means. Traditionally, corporations sought to succeed in the marketplace, but they also recognized their obligations to employees, customers, and the community. True there, there's definitely truth to that. In recent decades, they stopped in favor of a singular devotion to enriching share, shareholders. There's uh, some truth to that. Part of that is re- in response to government regulation. Though, yep, yep, we need to change that. That demanded constant reporting. Uh, the new energy on the left is all about making government bigger and bolder, an ideal driven by a burgeoning movement toward democratic socialism. It's inspired likely 2020 Democratic contenders to draw battle lines around how far they'd go to change the royal the role of government in American life. Warren supports expanding many of the programs in play, and she's voted to do so. But the rollout of her bill suggests that as she weighs whether 
or not to get into the presidential race. She'll focus on how to prioritize workers in the American economic system while leaving businesses as the primary driver of it. Yeah, that that is well. Again, that's that's a nicely uh, tuned middle ground, politically speaking. Makes me think she's pretty serious about this. Yeah, yeah. Carving out a little path. If you're not serious about it, you go as far as you want. The direction that's going to make the crowd howl the loudest. Right. Yeah. Uh, a counterpoint to that: the fabulous Kevin Williamson in the National Review. Um, it talks about the federal government would then dictate to these businesses the composition of their boards, the details of internal corporate governance, compensation practices, personnel policies, and much more, uh, et cetera, uh, et cetera. Um, uh, it's the wholesale expropriation of private enterprise in the United States. It is unconstitutional, unethical, immoral, irresponsible, and not to put too fine a point on it, utterly bonkers. It is also cynical. Senator Warren is many things, a crass opportunist, intellectually bankrupt, personally vapid, a peddler of witless self-help books, etc. But she is not stupid. She knows that this is a go-nowhere proposition, that she will be spared by the Republican legislative majority from the ignominy that would ensue from the whole hearted pursuit, etc., etc. But it's an exciting idea for Democrats. Yeah, I would like more focus on this. One of my, uh, maybe the hero to me in terms of trying to look at government and all that sort of thing is Milton Friedman. And a lot of people on the right quote Milton Friedman a lot on various things about um, capitalism, this or that. But they, they, they often leave out the stuff that he talks about. Uh, big corporations mixed in with the government and having too much power and that sort of thing. Right. Which is also a libertarian ideal. Right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Paul Manafort's future now in the hands of the jury. you got Elon Musk stepping up to the plate for Dodgers fans in L.A. And the U.S. Army's definitive, definitive rather, coffee algorithm. Coming up minutes from now. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm, t- I'm too into presidential races, I realize. But the Elizabeth Warren thing. Can't you assume that if she was the nominee, she would get all of Hillary Clinton's votes? Yes. Pretty unlikely she wouldn't at least get all of Hillary Clinton's votes. Is Trump going to get more votes than he got before? I don't know. That's still an unknown. But, you know, you got those voters out there, the famous voters that are the most interesting voters in America that voted for Barack Obama twice, then voted for Trump. I think with this whole I'm going to fix capitalism thing, she could get a chunk of those. Maybe a lot of them. As they put their hope in this, especially if the tariff thing ain't working for them, or whatever company they work for. Yeah. And she doesn't have to get many of them if she gets all of Hillary's voters to start with. Well, lots going to happen between now and then. In other words, President Elizabeth Warren. Oh, boy. Um, Some 40-year-old somebody or another, right. um, 48-year-old somebody you've never heard of is going to get the nomination. Going to be the giant star to bust through, probably. How, how about uh, Trump decides he's had enough? Nobody's excited about Mike Pence. Oh, God, no. Ladies and gentlemen, first woman president of the United States, Nikki Haley. Hmm. Mm. She's sharp. If I could buy stock in politicians, yeah. uh, well, lobbyists do. They buy um, <laughs> I'd buy she's stock in good. her. Oh, she's very sharp. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the bank and tax fraud case against Paul Manafort is now in the hands of the jury. Jurors heard the closing arguments from the prosecutors and the defense yesterday before the judge gave his final instructions to them. He uh, he sent the jury uh, into session around 7 o'clock this morning, West Coast time. So everybody's now sitting around thinking, okay, 
How long are they going to be out? How long are they going to be out? What's going to happen? Some people are, uh, some pundits, so-called pundits, saying the outcome of this trial is going to be the first test of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. No, it's not. It's a in, run-of-the-mill tax fraud case with a crooked lobbyist. Into Russian meddling in the election. And, yes, I agree with Joe. I mean, it's yeah. totally separate. Yeah, I this. heard that a couple of times yesterday. Yep. Is Robert Mueller about to get his first scalp in the Trump investigation? What, what's this got to do with that? I mean, he, right, he was his campaign manager, yes. but this particular thing has nothing to do with it, according to everybody. By the way, we got this sent to us, a headline from Florida. Florida man kidnaps scientist to make his dog immortal. Oh, well, how'd you like to be a scientist at the point of a gun from some numbskull? Make my dog immortal or I'm shooting you. Yeah, yeah, hang, give me five minutes. Yeah, now he's immortal. Yeah. Okay, woochie-woochie-woo, he'll never die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done, I guess I'll go home now. Mexico and U.S. law enforcement agencies are setting up a partnership to go after the finances and the leaders of Mexico's drug cartels. The team announcing yesterday that they'll be based in Chicago. The chief of operations for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration saying that cartels exist for the sole purpose of making money. I think we all do that. He said, though, that's why they're targeting cartel finances crucial to stopping the flow of drugs. They bring a checkbook. You bring a credit card. It's the Chicago way. Elon Musk stepping up to the plate to help Dodgers fans in Los Angeles. His boring company is proposing an underground transportation system that would take people from surrounding neighborhoods to Dodger Stadium. And shoot them into space. (laughs) That would be handy unless you like stadiums that are two-thirds empty in the middle of the fourth. It's impossible to get to and fro. Hmm. The so-called dugout loop would be made up of zero-emissions, high-speed rail cars, and the trip would take just four minutes. And who's the richest guy riding the train? Elon Musk. Anyway, Hello. one, two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the best time to drink coffee. Are you ready for this? Right your tax, now. Your tax dollars at work. Researchers from the United... If you tell me it's when you get up in the morning, I'm going to jump across the desk. No. Researchers from the United States Army developed an algorithm... That makes personal recommendations for timing your caffeine consumption. Perfect. I I try to do this. I need this. It aims to have you drink the least amount of coffee to achieve the maximum Mm. level of alertness. I like like that, too. God, I hate it when I over-caffeinate. That's one of my least favorite feelings. That is a bad feeling, all jangly and nervous. The algorithm helps study participants increase their alertness by up to 64% without consuming any more caffeine than normal. Okay, you've convinced us. Now, when are we supposed yeah, to drink God's it? Sake, I've had a lot it. of coffee, and I need to know it now. While it was originally developed for Army workers, this algorithm will eventually be offered online for all of us okay. to use. So you don't know. Eventually is the key word here. So you don't have the answer. I guess me and my immortal dog will just sit here and wait. <laughs> this was all a ruse. <laughs> no. If you happen to be, I guess, in some segment of the military, you may already be able to use this algorithm. I, I wish I spent more time on it to just kind of ride that coffee buzz through the day the way I try to, that I right. usually overdo it at some point. Because my kids want to wrestle about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, oh. and I'm just so logy. I want to wrestle with my dreams right around then. <laughs> I can uh, still pick up yeah. a Henry and throw him, because we have like mattresses and all kinds of soft stuff. I can pick him up and throw him. He's six. Yeah. But my eight-year-old Sam, man, it's really starting to tweak my back when I pick him up and throw him. Oh, boy. I'm going to end up in the hospital. Well, sooner or later, he'll be tossing you around. Yeah, exactly. There'll be a whole switcheroo. <laughs> so getting back to your inane and disappointing story, Marshall, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, 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 can I presume that if there's an active duty person out there, they might have this information? I would think. 
I right, would if, think. if you have it, send it along. Uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Indeed. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, I have a question before I let Squawky out. Yes. <clears throat> Do you... We have him chained in the control room to symbolize freedom. Do you have <laughs> any guesstimates on how long the jury will be out on Manafort? Uh, not I, terribly I, long yeah, would, would be guess, my guess. I would guess shorter rather than longer. Okay. All right. We'll take a look at it tomorrow. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky, the bald eagle. Um, And there's a decent chance since he's facing the maximum of 300 years, yeah. he doesn't have to get much to spend the rest of his life in jail. He's an old man. Right. So it's yeah. pretty consequential for him. And I, I get what you're saying. Why would you change something for freedom? But it's like abbreviation. <laughs> it proves its point by its self-evident, its syntax. You think so? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now back um, in your cage. <laughs> Um, uh, that your 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 coffee study reminded me of the old Simpsons thing. Yes. the president has been shot. We'll tell you the president of what coming up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the petering out next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hesitating going down a sad road, since sad is not what we try to do on this show. Can I be cheery and positive for about 20 seconds? Sure. A lot of really, really positive reaction coming in uh, about our conversation with Mike Lyons, frequent guest military analyst. We did an hour-long conversation with him on our long podcast, A&G in Depth. It's a little self-serious, but that's one name we're considering. That's too much. Jack is rolling his eyes. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, it's really interesting, not only about the state of the world, but the nature of uh, the military, military service, military families, the Pentagon, what it does well, what it does poorly. It's really, really good stuff with an extremely bright guy. So anyway, check that out at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever podcasts are handed out for free because, about the, because we're so selfless and giving. How about the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour? I like that for a name. It works for a show. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm um, not going to take this seriously, then neither am I. <laughs> so my my dad's older sister, one of his older sisters, uh, died last week. Um, he's one of seven, four have passed now. Wow. And uh, it, it uh, the funeral services coincided with a, luckily for everybody, with a family reunion where everybody was getting together anyway. I couldn't make it. I'm just it's, I'm hating the fact that I wasn't there, and uh, I really wish I could have been there with at least one of my kids and getting to see all the big family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I grew up getting to go to a lot of these family reunions and all that sort of stuff, oh, yeah. but now I live a million miles away, and it's just so dang hard to pull that off. You know, If people don't live near a, a big airport, it's really hard to get places. It takes a long damn time. Multiple flights and then a long drive, and yeah. Day there and dairy back. But anyway, um, my both my brothers went with their kids. And uh, just the constant reminder as you get older and then watching Aretha Franklin dying today and looking at the clips of her. Man, that blip of time when you're like really vibrant and doing it and engaged in life is <laughs> so short. <laughs> and then you, there's a chunk of your life looking back on that and then you're gone. So... And it's just, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And um, and I, I was telling my brothers, because he's there, 
they're there with kids that are one's in college, one's junior in high school, one's younger. Like so, they're like around the age when I was going to these family reunions, and these old people that are now dying or old were in their thirties, right? And it's just it's it seems like that shouldn't have changed. That that should still be that way. Yeah. We should still be ten year olds running around, and they should still be in their thirties and forties. Yeah, but now they're disappearing, and we're getting older. And it's just, yeah, yeah, I remember my the march cool of time, my cool, hip, hilarious uncles uh, that I'd see every summer, and 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 often more often than that. Uh, yeah, they're they're um, you know getting on in years. It, it and, is, and in one case in particular, is pretty much incapacitated from. Uh, Alzheimer's. It is what it is. I try not to be sad about it. I mean, it's part of life. It's just, you reach a certain age, I don't know what it, maybe it's a different age for different people or different circumstances or whatever, but you really wrap your head around the whole bookend of it, beginning to end, Mm -hmm. and the the period you get, and then the overlapping of it with everybody else's bookends. And it's just, it's much smaller than it looks (laughs) when you're 15. Or certainly eight. And I think you really enrich your life by remembering that. On the other hand, I don't want to saddle an 11-year-old with that. No, no. Would, you, would there be any benefit? Would, you, would life be better if you understood that as an eight-year-old? Probably I not. You, I don't think you could. Maybe one of the reasons it's so great right. when you're eight or 12 that's, is that you don't have that perspective. That's why we've got to end that. Drum it into their heads. <laughs> Maybe you're better off. You know, you just... You are definitely more in the moment. Yeah. Isn't that being more in the moment to think this will last forever? No, that's the opposite. It's the opposite? Or exactly it. I don't know. I don't know either, but... All right. Angels dancing on heads of pins. I don't know. Um, know. No, that's a really interesting... That's an intriguing notion. Are you more in the moment when you realize this won't last forever? I think think you are. uh, I'm much more appreciative of... Stuff now, when I know it won't last forever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Of course, I'm a little nutty in the head. So. I don't know. I spend too much time thinking this won't last forever, so really try to enjoy it. I wasn't thinking about that when I was eight. There is that period of time where I do think you're letting it slide by, whatever age that is for people. Oh, yeah. 20s. You're busy. You're doing this. You're having fun. I don't think you're in the moment or understanding. <laughs> um. Uh, how quickly it goes. You're in the moment when you're eight. You just It's the only way you know how to live. Yeah. Yeah. Today is awesome. Yeah. Um, hanging out with all these people, but I don't know. And it I often don't, is. I don't <laughs> have any point other than people come and go and it just happens fast. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you supposed Indeed. to do with that information? Well, if it's of any cons- or uh, comfort, people have said virtually the same things we said almost right. word for oh, word yeah. oh, yeah. 3000 years ago oh yeah as long as human beings have existed since yeah. they've been able to write them down probably shorter words yeah yeah as long as they've been able to write them down they've been trying to figure that more out more fanged beasts about but well you got to be brief so you're not beset by fanged beasts but, I, uh, I i do wonder this is different though this part is absolutely different how much time i got michael i can't launch into this thick uh, thir- 30 seconds it's an ironic <laughs> question to ask given the context <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won't get into it. But back when everybody was much more uh, acquainted with death, because you're going to have eight uh-huh. kids and half of them are going to die. Yes. Th- they had to have a different view of it than we do, where we all expect everybody to live and for a very long time. That, I believe, is in the introduction, if not the first chapter of Dave Grossman's brilliant book, On Killing. That's got to change our perspective. Yeah. There's no way it wouldn't. We have... We have a weirdly Victorian uh, attitude about death at this point. 
it's all around us, et cetera, et cetera, but we pretend it's not, and we've got a bizarre, it's like the Victorians were with sex. It was just not to be discussed, not to be contemplated, just shut up. Because we don't have to deal with it, it's so antiseptic. Not very often. No. Compared to life on the farm, for instance. Sorry, I brought it up. Yeah, boy. I'm to blame. Cheery. I'm to blame. Final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Proper Never before <laughs> have so few done so little for no one in particular. There you go. Here's your host, the Joe Armstrong Getty. and Getty Show. He's, he's not done. <laughs> I think he's done now. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Marshall Phillips, lead us off. What's your final thought? All right. I got a couple of tweets about this. Aretha Franklin, dubbed the Queen of Soul, passed away on the same day the King of Rock and Roll, Elvis Presley, died 41 years ago today. Rest in And peace. so that believes the space aliens exist? Or, I mean, what, yes. what, what am I supposed to do with that information? They're stuffing our soul singers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Michelangelo, final thought. I think I'll listen to both Aretha Franklin and Elvis Presley today. Really enjoy their music, and I'm going to really enjoy it this afternoon. Just don't listen to anything Elvis did uh, between 1959 and 70. Well, the 69 comeback special is worth listening yeah, to. Yeah. Positive Sean, final thought. Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, they never died. They simply became music. Today, Aretha has done the same. Rest in peace to a legend whose impact on this planet will long outlast her time on it. Wow. That was eloquence out of the young fellow. And then I'm supposed to speak after that? That's, that's right. That's, that's yeah. fair. Take that, right. buddy. That's Good fair. luck, uh, Debbie Downer. Jack, a final thought for us? My recommendation for from earlier. It's possible you've never heard this Aretha song. I hadn't. It's called Good to Me as I Am to You with Eric Clapton playing guitar. Put that on with some headphones and yeah. dig it. See if you think she's a good singer. And not like in 1998 with Phil Collins producing. This was when Clapton was 22. Right. Holy crap. Yeah, it's from 1968. Good tune. My final thought is that Joe hits the hoe. Some are calling it Joe Stock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in Boise briefly, and a bunch of listeners from Idaho are going to get together and have a beer. It's getting a little out of hand. How many people do you think will be there? Uh, I don't know. At Daddy Palooza. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> Listen, I just, qu- quite a few, as it turns out. You more better, and more. You better bring your game. Keep your expectations low. <laughs> Look, we're just going to get together and have a couple of beers at a brew pub. I'm going to be tired. It's a long day. Right. Bring your game. Yeah. Oh, boy. You can't, have a, you can't have a half a beer and call the night at 7.30. People oh, are going to be expecting well, more. Well, that night. ain't happening. <laughs> Joe Stock. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. Go to armstrongandgetty.com and email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Sphincter bleaching is a very up-and-coming business. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.